so I get this notification on my LinkedIn profile that somebody had tagged me in a post that they put up. And so I saunter on over to the post and uh, there it is. Mark Quinn has tagged me in a post and I watched the video and uh, I had been committed to some sort of experiment with CBD oil that uh, that was it was a surprise to me. Let's just put it that way. No, it should not have been, as you and I have discussed, we talked about CBD, remember, and Rolf. Now, where I may have overstepped here is saying that you're going to be on a 30-day regimen <laughs> of CBD. So maybe we didn't get to that detail. So maybe maybe that's true. Yeah. You knew, come on. You knew CBD, right? Come on. I knew we talked about CBD oil, but I just didn't know we had set up this robust experiment where we'd both committed to 30 days of taking CBD. And, and then one of my questions was, I didn't know you took CBD or you applied it like a topical cream. And then in the comments section, our friend Toby Teeter says, it's neither. It's a large suppository. <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to make you smoke it. As, as healthy as you want to be, I'm going to make you smoke. I don't even know. Uh, no suppositories. And, um, but I, I, I do have a very strict process you're going to need to follow with before and after, after pictures and, uh, and lighting and how you take those photos because we need some good stuff there. So, Well, hey, maybe it'll make some of, the, some of the frost on the pumpkin up here go away. I was, I was at the airport in Charlotte and I look up and there's our buddy Derek Ritzel. And so I walk over and I see Derek and Derek says, you know, we're talking, chatting. And Derek, of course, is now the president and CEO of Bluebell Mattress, which is a King Coil licensee. And they're up in Connecticut. And uh, so Derek and I, you know, cross paths over the year and he's a great guy. And he, he said, <laughs> as we were kind of getting ready to leave, he goes, you got a lot more gray up there than last time I saw you. <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot, Derek. <laughs> Sounds like Derek. So maybe the CBD oil, we could do a before and after with your picture and just monitor if some of the gray has gone away. It, well, I mean, that or I need to be growing hair. But, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So we were looking at the site that it does or supposed to do. So I don't know. I'm in it for the experience. And um, there's a lot of people talking about CBD. So for me, when I work out, I do have soreness in my knees or so getting a topical cream that we can apply so i'm looking forward to that my son who works out has the same thing uh, after playing basketball his knees so we're going to try that and um you know if it allows me to sleep more soundly at night because i wake up at two and three o'clock and i have trouble like getting back to sleep so we'll see we'll see i don't think there's a before and after picture i don't think it does anything maybe, i don't know maybe it makes us good looking How about maybe that? the maybe the before picture is just us holding our fists out in front of us and then the after fit picture is two thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> Look at the difference in these guys. Well, you know what? Here's how we should try this. Here's how we should experiment with this. When we go to Houston in February yes. uh, for the Nationwide Primetime event, we're going to be speaking. We make a lot of laps around the Primetime showroom floor. Yes. And we're up and down and moving around and mixing it up and maybe dancing and who knows what else. Maybe that would be the time when we could try out some of the CBD cream and be like, okay, when you're going to an event and you know you're going to be all in like we do at primetime, you, you apply the cream and see if your knees feel better and your joints and whatever else. Well, we'll just have to see. 
right? I mean, there's only one way to find out. Now, when we take it, I mean, it, it's going to be like, wait, 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 is that CBD? Is that the benefit of CBD? <laughs> Was that something else, right? But um, I've taken one last night before bed, and then I took one this morning, and I feel good. I don't know that there's a big difference, but I do feel a little more energy than what I would at this time today. So I think that's a good thing. I don't know if it's the CBD. I think you just got to kind of take it and, and see where you go with it. But don't worry. You're not going to get high or anything. You can take it. It's like low, low, low on THC. So you're going to be fine. You, 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 missed, you, missed my, you missed my incredibly smooth transition into talking about Nationwide. Wow. I totally missed that, didn't I? I thought you were being for real, but you're right. When you're at Nationwide, because there's a lot of ground to cover there. So let's just go straight there. Go right ahead. Take me on a ride, Kinsley. No, I was saying we could try the CBD stuff when we're at Nationwide. But of course, now I just have to clunkily go into it. Here we go. So <laughs> make hey, sure you everybody. join us at the Nationwide. What do you want me to do? Yeah, no, Nationwide Primetime. We are going to be there. Quinn might be CBD'd up. Who knows? Um, but it's coming up February 9th through the 12th in Houston. And I tell you what. I've already heard from a few people that listen to the podcast who said, thank you for the reminders on the primetime event coming up in Houston, February 9th through the 12th, because I've already signed up and usually I wait. And I'm like, great, that's the job that we're here to do is get everybody spurred along so that you get better deals on your flights and your hotels. And then, of course, you get the benefit of being there in person, which we cannot extol the greatness of that enough. So guess what? Nothing, nothing sells like scarcity, right? Or that's a big one. Katie said, Katie Law said that she's glad because she went in and signed up and she's glad she did because the first hotel is already oversold. So there you go. <laughs> well, maybe right? we should, maybe we should get our hotels. I, you know, that's yeah. Jeff Rose and Mike Whitaker. I hope they're like hooking us up. We'll be yeah. staying at the, uh, I don't know, the, the hostel. Is there a youth hostel in Houston? Hey, my parents are from there. We can stay there. It's all good. Bingo. Hey, maybe we can, didn't they have access to an RV at one point? Maybe we could have the Dos Marcos RV, like parked out front. It's kind of the, what do you call it? The hospitality room. Ooh, that would be good. Free we CBD, just stay there. Free CBD cream to anybody that hangs out with us. Can you get a massage with CBD cream? I don't see why not. You know what I'm saying? Like work it right into the muscle. Uh, well, anyway, we're giving a speech there. So everybody sign up. Just go because it's already great. Um, you'll get money back and save money just from being at the show. And we would love to see you and uh, meet you in person if we haven't already. And uh, I don't know. Who knows what we're going to be doing? We know we'll be doing the speech. Maybe we'll be doing some podcasts. You never know. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait. Isn't this the only Mattress Industry Podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. This is the Dos Marcos Podcast. I'm Mark Kinsley. He's Mark Quinn. And I have to share a quick story with you, Quinn. I get a text message the other night. And it is a picture of the front of the Englander showroom in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a current picture. And uh, the floors were being ripped up in certain places. And all of the product was packed up. And, you know, stuff was there that was moved to the center of the room. And, of course, 
behind the scenes, we are redesigning the Englander showroom. And this text message comes from Mike Magnuson. So Magnuson got to see the early pieces of the redesign of the Englander show space before I did, which I'm getting ready to go out there, you know, about halfway through construction around all this up. So I was like, what are you doing in Vegas, Magnuson? I thought when we went to Vegas, we all went together. Yeah, right. We had to go have our dinner. Right. So what's he doing is what I want to know. So he's in Vegas? He's in Vegas, yeah. He was out there he's doing... In Ve- oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were in Vegas, and you're not. Yeah. You were saying he's there in front of your space sending you pictures of your stuff. Yeah. I got yeah. you. All right, wow. So what is he doing there? And yeah, that's kind of rude for him not to like mention that. But He's doing some video stuff. I'm not... I, I didn't get all the details. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, we, we have traditions here, and, and traditions clearly uh, interrupted. I don't want to say it's broken. Well, I just wonder, do, do you think he found other guys to go have sushi with? That's really the question. Yeah. You know, he, he, he probably went and had sushi with Chris Cassidy, is what, what I'm guessing, instead of us. Well, he is an astronaut and a Navy SEAL, so I don't blame him. What does that make us, yesterday's news? Pretty much. It makes us not an astronaut or a Navy SEAL. That's what that makes us, but... Uh, anyway, wow. Well, good for him. Uh, you know, that's coming up, man. January. I'm looking at my calendar. 26th. 26th. Yeah. Wow. So a lot to do there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I'm always excited about marketing. Of course, it's the big relaunch for Englander. So I got to go out there and, you know, finalize the showroom and we're getting product buttoned up and ready to go. Yeah, but you guys have worked hard on that. You're gonna, you're gonna be. It's gonna be fun to bring it to everyone and show them what you've been working on. Yep, we're almost there. Almost there. Now here we are heading into the holiday season, and uh, you know, heading into you know a very big buying time for the betting industry. October tends to be a little bit soft for people. Maybe that's you know your experience. I'm not. I'm not sure. But retailers that I've been talking to said October not the best. Uh, but now that we get into November and Black Friday. And the holidays, I mean, Black Friday is just a buying season for almost all goods. It, it is. And I heard that um, October was worse than that. Like uh, the people I talked to were really unhappy with how October panned out, although November, November is rebounding some. So I think people are starting to get ready to spend their money. Right. But yeah, a lot right around the corner. You know, that brings me to, you know, you and I had a conversation this week. I sent you a link to a couple websites that are selling mattresses. Now, had you ever seen uh, these sites? So one is Mattress by Appointment, right? Mattressbyappointment.com, is that the URL? And then one is Boxdrop. So the second one I'd never heard of. The first one I had. And so, you know, it reminds me, Kinsley, were you in the industry yet when PMD was doing their thing? So they would place ads in Craigslist and um, I don't even think Facebook was around, but like classified ads. And then people would be like, queen, new, brand new queen mattress in bag, $3.99. Were you, were you around when they were doing their thing? It, not, I don't think I was around or that wasn't on my radar at that time. Um but I do, you know, hear about a lot of people that are doing like sales out of out of like just a warehouse or sales out of like storage sheds, things like that. 
and they're putting it on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Um, we obviously saw that commercial recently where the guy was like throwing fire, uh, but some people like that. But what is PM, is PMD? What does it stand for? Yeah, so um, I don't recall. It's been a while, but a buddy of mine, Joe Armada, really good guy, um, smart guy. He and Jeff, his business partner and some others kind of built this thing where um, they had um, franchises and guys would be in their own markets and they would put those ads in for their own markets and they would have literally a storage space or maybe rent out some um, extra corner of a warehouse that someone had. And instead of paying prime money for A, B and C real estate, they would be kind of off the beaten path. But yet and, and so give the consumer all the savings right on that side. Um, so you're not paying big rents and it's really a destination instead of driving by it and happening to stop in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, that's turned into, um, you know, those guys, I'm not even sure that they're around anymore, but box drop and mattress by appointment, very similar in their approach. And these people, they, and what they tout on their websites is you can start a franchise for like 15,000 bucks, right? So not much at all, but they're selling, um, you know, great name brand stuff here. And um, I'm told they've got between the two of them anywhere from three to 500 locations. And I'm bringing it up because it blew me away. I had no idea that these, t these kinds of groups were that big. Did you, was that a surprise to you? I've been surprised a few times lately when, when I found, you know, these really large regionals or some of these channels that are maybe what you'd consider non-traditional. Um, you know, you looked at some of the activity of the unmanned mattress store up in the Chicagoland area. And I remember that started with one store. And then when I checked back, it had jumped up to eight and, and I heard there was more growth beyond that. So it, it, it's almost like just the channels that are out there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised as much as I used to be because you're, you're going to start seeing mattresses if you haven't already on the shelves at hardware stores. You're starting to see appliance uh, sellers and retailers, flooring mattresses, bigger margins. I mean, so it, it really is to me turning into very much a game of visibility for brands and then margin for retailers. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's that tricky position. You know, we talked about, we had that episode, you know, should you care about brands was the essence of it. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, retailers want relevant brands but there just aren't a lot of them is what is what some people have said. Um, but then to maintain a relevant brand, can you end up anywhere and everywhere? Because you, you've mentioned this in the past, but, you know, mattress retailers used to say, you know, I can I can find your stuff anywhere. I, I see it on a store sitting next to groceries. So it, it's turning into kind of a tricky position. But what's your take? What's your take on? Uh, whenever you found out about box drop direct and mattress by appointment and just the sheer size of those, what was your impression? What do you make of it? Yeah, no, um, I, I was shocked and, and again, embarrassed. Like I, you know, I didn't realize at one point how big nationwide I was. And then I had dinner with them and like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so big. And how could I not have realized nationwide uh, was so big in their reach. And then th this is the kind of the same impact. I mean, these mattress by appointment guys, um, you know, low cost model, kind of similar to what PMD was doing, just come see us in a like, you know, in an out of the way location or not at, you know, a, a prime location. 
and but they're selling the top brands out there and so i was just surprised by it first of all i don't hear anyone having a conversation about it and so that tells me that it may also not be on other people's radar um i think if i was a retailer i would go on mattressbyappointment.com or boxstrap.com and and look for locations around me just to see who's in the game i think they're kind of stealthy i'm impressed by it in a way because they're putting ads on Craigslist and in want ads and on Facebook, right? And so they're kind of clever in how they how they do that. Um, I like the story, Kinsley, in that if you as a consumer were like, okay, I get it. You're not paying big rents. You know, you're you know, like there's a reason for the lower price or the perception of savings. Like I like that. I, I like the factory direct model for the same reason. Um, so I guess that's all good. But now let's go back to what you brought up to, and I want to hit you. So give me a brand that you have an affection for, and I want to talk to you about context. Give me a brand that you have an, inf- an affection for, right? So maybe it's a luxury brand or something you perceive as having great value. So can you think of anything off the top of your head? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I've got one that, that really does come to mind and it's Seiko watches. And- okay. If you've, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this before, but a lot of times you purchase things because it says something about you or there's some sort of emotional attachment. Well, I was given a Seiko watch as a gift and by having it as a gift, I got to learn about the brand. And during Vietnam, whenever the soldiers would take leave, many times they would go to Japan and they were coming back with these Seiko watches and the watches are incredibly well made, especially the ones made in Japan, um, with you know craftsmanship and detail, and all the you know all the little words that you would want to put beside a watch that mechanically is very sound and aesthetically is pleasing. Uh, but Seiko watches are you know typically not incredibly expensive like a like a Rolex, but they have a ton of value, and you can wear them you know many times every day and not worry about, you know, getting it beat up because they, they're durable and they keep good time. So Seiko is one for me. All right. So then if you were to walk into Walgreens or CVS and find a display on the counter as you're checking out full of Seiko watches, what happens to your impression of Seiko watches now? Well, the odds are good that Seiko watches are on shelves like that. Okay. Because they have an incredibly broad portfolio of products that hit many okay. different price points. So anybody that, and I'm not like a major watch guy. I don't want to make any confusion yeah. here. But I do know they have a large portfolio of products that hit different price ranges. And that's whenever it gets into your understanding of the models and the history of those models. So that you can make a distinction between that's a low-end Seiko and this is a high-end Seiko. Right. Okay, so what would happen to Rolex? Let's try this differently, right? More of a luxury brand or someone who's clearly trying to protect their brand. If a consumer is used to buying that in very selected jewelry stores, so this is probably not a totally fair comparison, but, and then you were to walk into CVS and see them on the counter at CVS. What is the, even though it might be close to the same prices, right? What happens? Yeah, what happened, the the perception of it, right? Is this a good bed? I can remember when I was at Serta with Sam's, um, that happened both ways. Some people would go into Sam's and say, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. 
can't believe we can get a Serta bed at Sam's Club. And why would I go down the street and buy it for $500 more? Well, the answer was it's not the same bed, but the consumer doesn't know that. But then I think that's even evolved. And now the answer is um, maybe they understand now it's not the same bed, but there's a perception of getting a better deal because it is Sam's Club. And there's a better, um, you know, sort of has a different product going to them and different, you know, all of that. But um, and so now sort is actually in Lowe's uh, and not giving sort of a hard time because there's temper and Sealy and um, they're showing up in places. Stearns and Foster's at Costco. Black was at San. So everyone's kind of putting their stuff different places. So it's not really on anyone in particular. I, I guess what I'm really saying is. Will any of that damage the brand that is being placed in a different place of context if a Sealy mattress shows up at a flooring store? Because when I was in Europe, Kinsley, they had mattresses at flooring stores, like carpet and you know wood flooring. They had this whole rack full of mattresses. Uh, if it showed up at a flooring store, like, does it matter anymore? Does that stuff have an impact anymore? What do you think? So I think I think brands are in a real pickle. And because you have two things going on in my mind that are of the uh, of incredible significance. And one is like you're talking about, you want to build value in your brand and in the products you make. But meanwhile, you also want to make sure that you show up Anytime people are thinking about buying a mattress and that's channel management and, and marketing right. and, you know, with brick and mortar, you know, some of the traditional channels seeing, you know, no growth um, and online seeing, you know, a significant percentage of the growth. And then meanwhile, you have uh, some channels of retail that right. are seeing growth and, and they're mainly, you know, these places that you have to go because you have questions. So hard, like hardware stores like Lowe's and Home Depot have seen growth. So you're, you got to be looking at the landscape and th thinking to yourself from a brand standpoint, what are these non-traditional channels that I need to open up and potentially dominate just so I'm in people's field of view when they actually leave their house? Because, you know, buying somebody's attention online costs a lot of money. And, and maybe that's not a game that everybody, you know, can play. But at the same time, you're right. Like, how do you do, how do you distribute in maybe these new channels and even your traditional channels and then protect your brand so that people don't think it's a Rolex sitting on the shelf at Walgreens, which makes it look like a fake. Now, consumer perception, though, from a price pricing standpoint also matters because I think if somebody sees that, you know, $4.99 branded mattress, you know, at Lowe's, they're going to say, well, Hey, I got I got that brand, and I got it at this price. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. Um, but I think it's only whenever people have a, a real problem with their sleep, for example, or pain, that they're gonna say, "Okay, now it's time for me to invest in asking some questions and finding some expertise." Um, and that's when I think they go into you know a sleep shop, furniture store, or try to find that resource. Yeah, I, I guess it really would matter more, wouldn't it, with like a Temper or a Stearns and Foster or with me and my stuff with Spink & Co. Like, I wouldn't want to put it in a really down market location because of the context of that. 
Uh, and you know what I'm saying? I want it to be displayed well and I want it in, you know, great retailers that have, you know, terrific reputations and can facilitate a sale. Like the self-serve thing obviously isn't right for the luxury category. Um, but with Sealy and Simmons and Serta and whoever else, like, I'm not so sure it has the same, like the same downside applies. I get what you're saying in terms of being where people go. Um, I just think, so let, let's, let's roll this into a different angle. How about commoditization, right? So when you have it in some of these different locations and it's just pull it off the shelf and put it in the trunk of your car, isn't there something to that that says buying a bed isn't special anymore? Like it, you know, you don't need to go in and lay down on it. Like, is it becoming so accepted to just buy it online or pull it off a shelf at Lowe's that it commoditizes the entire category. What do you think about that? I think it does. And I think the mattress industry in general, we are our own worst enemies. I mean, we commoditized it every time we advertised a $99 queen set, you know, back back in the day, and maybe, maybe not even back in the day, maybe now. Um, but that tells people this product is supposed to be cheap and come buy it here. Um, so yeah, I mean, each and every time that you you put it in a place that maybe doesn't make sense, or you take it down market, um, we've rolled them up and put them in boxes, and you know, given them thirty thousand five star reviews and sold them for less than two hundred bucks. That's the commodity game, and I mean, unfortunately, that's the, the consumer perception, and that's what's gonna, you know, keep the purchase cycle at two to three years and keep the purchase prices low. You know. Yeah. I'm- I'm with you. I think it commoditizes it. Here's here's an interesting question. You and I have not even talked about this before. Um, memory foam. Remember back in the day when you and I were trying to figure out how do we make Interspring products the cool kid again? Like all those conversations we had. I do. And 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 the frustration for us at the time was, you know what? Temper and Select. They're beating the crap out of us, saying that Interspring beds suck. And hey, and, and we're saying, no, they don't, you know, they've pocketed coils are awesome. And if you put latex or memory foam or gel on it, then, you know, that's a high end bed. And we would put a high end inner spring mattress up against a Tempur-Pedic any day. That was the, the, the thought process. And we did. And, and we did. But here was the problem. No one had the vocabulary at the time to really say, okay, okay, well, that's high-end inner spring. That's different, right? Do you, so, and then, and, and then we did the whole hybrid thing. So my question to you is, do you think the memory foam people are going to be kind of in the same boat? Because isn't it coming to some point where people go, memory beds suck? And then people are like, well, yeah, they do a 239, but not, you know, Tempur-Pedic's a different thing. You and I are fans of how they've created their preference for their brand, but there's other memory foam guys at a thousand fifteen hundred dollars that are doing things differently, and their memory foam is done and made differently, and the and the benefits that are delivered are different. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, are they themselves going to have to figure out how to say we're not just any memory foam? Maybe they have to create their own vocabulary. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you control the language, and you're going to control the conversation. And I think if you're going to look at some of the signals and really evaluate the online chatter around memory foam, I think you would see a negative trend line in terms of how people are talking about it compared to a few years ago. And 
and I think that's that's a product of a lot of a lot of different things. But I think primary among them is um, you know cheap bets, you know, and and I think you're right. They're going to have to dig themselves out of a hole, and, and really to your point about like what is the language, what is the vocabulary. I think there's an opportunity in the marketplace to somehow figure out, you know, how do we bifurcate this thing and like talk about commodity beds on one hand and then premium products that really serve people on the other hand. And, and that is a very confusing thing to kind of navigate. But I, but I think it is some new language and, and doing it in a way that actually makes sense to people. Um, and, and maybe that is, maybe that is just as simple as, having a brand that is willing to or having brands that are willing to like really define their price points and differentiate among those in meaningful ways to people because you know let's face the facts i mean if you have if you have a channel of distribution that you know is nothing else other than overhead recovery for all your factories but it allows you to make premium products and sell at high margin you're going to probably take that business um you know, you don't want to you don't want to lose slots on a floor because somebody's always willing to you know come along and fill those slots. So, so I think brands want to make you know many brands want to make product different price points. Where you play with Speaking Co, I mean, it's just different. I mean, it's a considered purchase. Right. It's something you want to talk to people about. Um, but that's not you know when we look at the volume of the industry, there, there's a lot of different strategic factors that go into play. And I do think that this visibility game is so tough. I mean, when we gave our nationwide speech, we were talking about, you know, $250 seemed to be the number for, uh, it would take $250 to acquire a customer online. That's a huge spend and it's not one that many people can absorb. So what do you, what do you do? You have to find visibility in other unique and creative ways. And I think that's why these non-traditional channels of distribution are pretty attractive to folks. So I want to talk about that and the easiest sale I ever made. And then right after that, because um, I didn't write it down, let's talk about what retailers do, Kinsley, brick and mortar guys do to combat what I'm about to serve up here. But um, part of it is I, I mentioned the flooring companies. I think there's going to be more and more people getting into it. So the easiest sale I ever made right before I left Serta was Menards. Did I ever tell you this story? I don't think so. So Menards was, I, I, I want to say, gosh, at the time, maybe 200 stores, 250 stores. And they're kind of a weird time, like a merchant. Like they they do like um, hardware. Have you ever been into one? Like they do, they do some hardware stuff, but then they have some soft goods too, even food. So kind of a weird, they have televisions as well. And so anyway, the guy from Menards calls me at Serta because I'm the Sam's guy. And he's like, okay, Serta sells into Sam's. Like what can you know, maybe we could do that. So I went in there and I talked to the guy with Dave Gruber. And so we sat down and he's trying to replace eight foot section of steel in his building, um, which was washing machines and put something else in it. Right. Well, he's making like 9% margin on washing machines and betting. If you're really aggressive, you could be at a 40 and kill it. Right. 35 at the time, 35 to 40. So it literally took me 30 days from that conversation. I mean, like the guy gets it, right? And he knows that they turn and, he, you know, he sees them advertise everywhere. He knows Sam's is doing well with them. 
It took me 30 days. And we had a $30 million program. And the selling cycle for any betting customer mostly wasn't that big. And I'd love to tell you it's because Dave and I were brilliant, but it wasn't. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we were pretty clever, but um, the guy at Menards is- Don't get me wrong. We are brilliant. Don't get me wrong. We're definitely brilliant. (laughs) But aside from us being brilliant, I mean, obviously the buyer is a smart guy because here he is trying to figure out, okay, wow. So I can take 9% margin from something that's a pain in the butt to deliver and handle or- get this betting product in here at 40, 45% margin, still be under the market, still show great value. The point of the story is this. Other guys are going to be seeing that. They're going to see it show up at Lowe's. Other retailers wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I remember calling on Best Buy when I was at um, Serta. Like, I think there's going to be more people that even from now get into the category, more sneaky things that happen. All these fundraising groups now, too, selling mattresses into booster clubs and communities. I think it's freaking brilliant. I love that. Um, You look at what Matt Firm, you look at what some of these other retailers are doing with state fairs, like other channels. And like mattresses are going to be like ever. I mean, they they already kind of have expanded a lot, but I don't see it slowing. And I think the more it expands, I think the more it gets commoditized. So I think that is a definite problem for the brand, but also for the retailer that carries the brand potentially. And so if you're a retailer, put your retail hat on. Like, what are you thinking? Like, how do you have to guard against that? Like, what do you have to do to really separate yourself from all that other stuff that's going on? Well, you you said that and I jotted it down. So... You talked about the easiest sale you ever made. It was to Menards. Yeah. And then how do, how do you combat that as a retailer? So w- what are your thoughts on, okay, retailers are seeing this environment. How do they combat it? Well, I, I think that the people that come into their store are saying, okay. And it, by the way, interestingly enough, it's going to be like that for Casper or Lisa or any of these guys that push into brick and mortar. The question is going to be, why is this bed in my store different than what they're selling online? Or the retailer is going to have to same thing, the same thing. Why is this bed in my store different than what you saw at Bed Bath & Beyond, what you saw at the grocery store, what you saw at um, Boxtrap uh, location? So it's, it's going to require more of an effort, I think, on the brick and mortar guys to, number one, build value in what they're selling. And by the way, not just in store, but I think these guys, you and I preach this all the time, I think they're going to really have to be more intentional about saying this kind of stuff on their websites, saying this kind of stuff in their marketing through radio ads or television ads or print. You know, I think they're going to have to tell people this is not like this is unique stuff. The second thing I think they're going to have to do is have a mix, right? So carry some of those brands that you feel the traditional brands are important. If you feel that, that's fine. Carry some of that, but mix in some stuff that isn't necessarily going to be found in those other locations. So you do have something special like an Englander or a Spink and Co, right? So props to us for that. So people who are gonna keep some distribution cleaner. Uh, And then in the story, I also think it's gonna be, last comment, I could probably go on, but it's what we always talk about is experience and it's about fitting people. So yes, you can go pull a bed off a shelf, but that's not what we are. We're about the experience of really literally fitting you for the right mattress. And part of that process is um, how your head is resting, how we measure you, how we 
find the right bed for you, the process we take you through, um, and, and really put some weight behind your people as the difference maker, their ability to ask, answer questions, and your selling process. All right, what do you think? Poke some holes. And I think also the awareness of your marketplace and a real expertise in your competitive products. So, you know, you, you talked about like saying all those things on your website, saying it in your advertising and your marketing, that's, that's really important. But whenever that face-to-face -face interaction happens, people are gonna be able to sniff a phony. So if you didn't go out and do your homework and really understand, okay, this has more material, here are the material differences, here are the aesthetic differences, and here's, here's why that impacts the feel of the mattress, and you can map that out and really explain it to people, they're gonna know if you haven't done your homework and you don't know your marketplace. So there's gonna be more time outside of your store. Yeah, you gotta be an expert in your product, but now you're gonna have to be an expert on non-traditional channels of distribution and what products they have and how you how you stack up. And then and then I think you gotta be in the tough spot of saying, you know, from time to time, like whenever I went and bought a refrigerator, I'd, I'd also purchased like many other appliances from this guy and it was refrigerator time, our fridge busted. And I said, hey, you know, this one's over here at Best Buy and, and I've got, you know, I'd like to buy from you guys. He goes, look, he goes, that's a slam dunk deal. And he goes, that's a good fridge. He goes, I'd, I'd buy that one. So you gotta be prepared to be honest with people because that is remarkable. And that type of honesty is gonna build reputation. So if there is a deal out there from time to time that you see that, um, you're able to recommend to somebody in good faith, that's not always a bad thing because you become the trusted source of information. So it's, and that's going to come down to your, you know, your strategic positioning in the marketplace, business decisions, values, um, training, some stuff like that. So here's some, here's a, here's some tough love. Um, I think for retailers out there, stop complaining to your manufacturer for moving into some of these places because they're gonna do what is in their best interest. I think that the evidence of that is everywhere. Everyone's gonna like, you know, the, the, the way people used to line up and um, be very careful about distribution and some of that stuff, it's just different. And, you know, the, the betting brands, like I'm not, like if I had that kind of leverage and whatever, I mean, you know, I'm not faulting them. But I'm saying to the retailer, you have to decide that given what's going on there and where their push is and their push into direct to consumer and their push into some of these other channels, you just have to decide, is it the right brand for you still? Like, don't yeah. wear them out over it. I mean, you can, but at well, the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. And then you're just going to have to decide, is that product, knowing that it's going to be in these other places, is that product right for me? Yeah, and can I do enough within my retail environment to differentiate our brand? Because if the retailer really is the brand, like a lot of retailers say, then you should be able to do enough with that product to build a lot of extras around it and a lot of experience around it that makes you truly stand out. And here's the other thing. You know, like you're talking about wearing out your manufacturers. If you're a retailer and you're, like you said, wearing out your manufacturers about selling direct, but meanwhile, you're asking for these direct-to-consumer brands on your floor because they have visibility and they have consumers' attention. Right. That doesn't really match up. So, and, and I know that the reason I bring that up is because I know it's happening. 
You know, I know that there are retailers out there who don't want their traditional brands to sell direct, but meanwhile, they're asking for these online brands on their floor. So it's something to think about. It's a new world and you have to decide, I'm going to play my game. What, what is that game going to be? How is it going to be different? And whenever you play that game, you should be better at it than everybody else. And here, I got a, I got a, I got a game that I think somebody's better at than anybody else. You ready for this? It, I, hit me. <laughs> so I'm at the dentist. And I'll post this on the Dos Marcos Facebook page. And it was x-ray time, right? So when they put the bite wings in your mouth, oh, yeah. you have to lean back and they click the button and all that stuff. So I've got the weighted blanket, you know, the, the, the dentist puts over your body, the weighted blanket. Yeah. And I'm like, this is nice, but it's not even close to as nice as the Pure Care weighted blanket. Sarah, what's up? Hey, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks. Good Thanks for you. having me on, as always. We love having you on. You've been super busy, haven't you? We've been running around all over the place. It's a crazy time of year, but all good things. I will well, say that. Well, I know part of the reason why is because of your weighted blanket. You guys just launched that, and it's kind of getting nutty, isn't it? It's definitely getting crazy in all the right ways. And, um, you know, it's just, it's such an amazing product. And I think that we launched it really with the consumer in mind in so many different ways. But, but uh, see, here's, here's what I think is happening. And I'm sorry, I just stepped on what you're saying. But um, here's what I think is happening. I think people think about a weighted blanket, Sarah, and they're like, eh, you know, I don't need that or we don't need to carry that. But I think people really need to understand how big this category is getting. So it, for people that haven't had any experience with weighted blankets or don't really understand it, why, why are they so popular right now? Yep. So let's throw some stats out there that are kind of crazy before we even get into why they're popular, because we all have shopped on Amazon. We all know that Amazon exists and, and has a plethora of different products available, weighted blankets included. Um, and we were able to get some research just as we were kind of working on product development on weighted blankets. We wanted to know on Amazon, how many times was this product searched? The numbers were incredible. Four million times in a three month period was the number that came out for how many hits weighted blanket, that weighted blanket term had, four million. So to think that that sale of that product is only limited to online or only limited um, you know, to big box is crazy. And for specialty sleep to really appreciate this offering and be able to give this to their customers, I just think is an incredible opportunity for them. And it's a good ticket, right? I mean, what do what do these weighted blankets typically sell for? Yeah, absolutely. Our adult collection, um, the weighted blanket sells separate from the adult duvet. So we have awesome duvet cover options as well. The weighted blanket itself in either 15 or 20 pound sells for $150 retail. And then you can add a fleece and tencel dual kind of double-sided option for a duvet cover for an additional $50. So for $200 total, that is a very competitive and aggressive price point for a product that is made with all of the health and wellness benefits that you have come to expect from Pure Care. 
Wow, I love it. All right, well, everybody listening, if you're not into The Weighted Blanket, you need to check it out. Um, Sarah, let's give them the website address and you guys go see for yourself how awesome these things are. Absolutely. You can hop on purecare.com and we've got a big message right there on our homepage that leads you into more information about our entire Weighted Blanket collection. I I think I'm going to take a nap now. (laughs) Catch some Z's. Exactly. Talk to you later, Sarah. Bye, Marks. You can bounce on it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce Now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring And you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth Or bounce all night Put two together Get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back You don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen To your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Right, listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no, you need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low We got that type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. mattresses.